Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. Woo-wee. What a study I had this morning and so much. I think I wrote more in my scriptures today than I've written all year. Um, and I don't know that I've wrote more in my study journal, but I've wrote more in my scriptures and just notes that I've noticed. Um, but yeah, I've got, let's see, one, two, two and a half pages of notes in my journal as well. This is episode 19, everydayconversion.com forward slash BLM 19. And today we are talking about chapter 17 in first Nephi. And I gotta be honest, I almost stopped after like 20 verses because there was so much that I was writing down and learning and studying. And I was like, no, no, I gotta keep going. I gotta get through this whole thing. So Really, really good stuff here. Um, and there's a couple themes that really stuck out to me as I was studying today. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to hit most of them, but we might not get to all of them. The first one was, uh, you know, this is where Nephi is commanded to build a ship. Um, in, in verse seven, uh, the Lord says, arise and get thee into the mountain. And, you know, that reminded me of what we talked about in episode 14, and I'll put the links to that in the, sh- in the show notes. Um, but I made a note in my scriptures where he says, arise and get thee into the mountain. And I made a note that basically the Lord's saying, come and talk to me, come commune with me. And uh, he's also saying, and this is what we talked about in verse four, or episode 14 of this year, you know, he's telling him that he needs to raise his thoughts and his vision up to what the Lord's are. He needs to change the way he's thinking. He needs to um, to see something that he can't see from where he's at because he is not the Lord. And then that's where he goes up and the Lord says, you need to build a ship. And one of the things that stuck out to me is, you know, God could have just made the ship, you know, I mean, and he could have just made the tools. Like he just should have said, I'm going to show you how to build a ship. Here's your tools. Go for it. Um, he could have made the, the bellows that, that he needed to, uh, make the tools, but he didn't. And, you know, it made me realize that God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. Um, he's in, the, he's in the, the business of helping us grow and learn and develop. And part of that means that we need to do what we can do. And I realized that that's a really good lesson for, for me as a parent. That, uh, you know, the Lord didn't leave him on his own. He didn't just say, build a ship, figure it out. You're on your own. He said, I'll show you how to do it. But you need to do your part. And as a parent, I think sometimes we need to remember that, that, you know, our job is to provide guidance and support and help, but we don't, we shouldn't provide more than we need to, uh, more than, than that's necessary. Because if we do, then we get to the point where we just 
start asking for things and we don't try to figure it out on our own. And our kids do the same thing. So that to me was a really good lesson um, for me as a parent. But the main thing, this is the main thing that I learned uh, in chapter 17, verses 12 and 13. So Nephi adds this interesting phrase, and I've always just taken it as like a, a matter of fact, just a, um, you know, he's just telling us that they didn't have fire in the wilderness. And it's like, oh, maybe it's because there was uh, robbers or, or whatever reason. But I read these scriptures differently today. And so in verse 12 and 13, this is what it says. The Lord, uh, no, he says that he smote in, in the end of 11. He says, I smite, I did smite two stones together that I may, might make fire. And then he says, and I've, I've never thought about why he put this in there, but I think I know now. In verse 12, he says, for the Lord had not hitherto suffered that we should make much fire as we journeyed in the wilderness. For he said, I will make thy food become sweet that ye cook it not. And then this is what really hit me. Verse 13, I will also be your light in the wilderness, and I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led towards the promised land. And then this part, and ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. And then verse 14, too, yea, and the Lord said also said, said also that after ye have arrived in the promised land, ye shall know that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction. Yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. And what I realized was, well, before I get to that, that made me think of something. You know, when I when I read that, you shall know that it's uh, by me that you're led. It made me think of the story in the Old Testament of Gideon when he's fighting against the Midianites. And essentially, he has this massive army, and he's outside Midian. And the Lord says, hey, you have too many people. You got to send some home. Like you, there's just way too many people. And I, I'm sure if I went through and I added up and I counted, I could figure out how many he started with. But here's the thing. The first part he sends, um, says the return of the people 20 and 2000 and there remain 10,000. Okay. So there you go. So there's 32,000 people that he has in this army and the Lord whittles it down to 300, 300. I don't even know what percentage that is. I'm curious now. I think it's like one-tenth of one percent. Let's see. Um, 300 divided by 32,000. Oh, that's 320,000. 300 divided by 32,000. Yeah, that's that's one one-hundredth of the army, what it started at. That's what he ends it with. And there's an interesting phrase in verse 2 of chapter 7 in Judges where the Lord says, uh, he says, the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me saying, mine own hand hath saved me. So he basically goes and he says, look, there's too many of you. Like I, you've got way too many people. Can you imagine being the army, like the, the general? And it's like, wait, hold on. What? Like more is better, you know? Uh, but Gideon is, is faithful. And the Lord whittles down his army to 300, and they take and they defeat the Midianites. And it reminded me of, of this comment that the Lord said to Nephi, you know, that ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. Like he wanted to make sure that there was no doubt in Gideon's mind and in Israel's mind back in Judges who won the battle. There, He wanted there to be no doubt that it was him that did it not the Israelites. And that's exactly what he says. Look, I don't want them to, to have this, this victory 
And then to turn around and say, yeah, we did this ourselves. Woohoo, we're great. He wanted them to have to say, oh my gosh, the Lord fought our battle. The Lord did this for us. And that's exactly what he tells Nephi too. He tells Nephi, look, I, you, the reason that I was your light in the wilderness, that I didn't have you build fire a lot, the reason that um, you were supported like you were, the reason that you're going to get to the promised land in the way that you are is because you need to understand that I'm the one that did it. You didn't do it. Your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience didn't do it. Your um, intelligence, your craftiness, you don't you know that stuff. You didn't do it. I did it. And I realized that that's kind of the reason. I wonder if that's the reason. Like that was the lesson that they were supposed to learn. That's why they traveled in the wilderness for eight years. It's one of the reasons is because they needed to learn that they were relying solely upon the Lord. That's the re. I mean, if you think about everything that happened in the wilderness, you know, they had to go back. They had to go back and get the plates. They had to rely on the Lord. That's when they got the plates. They had to go back and convince Ishmael and his family to return or to come with him. They had to rely on the Lord. They had to, uh, you know, Nephi's bow breaks. They had to rely on the Lord. Their, you know, Laman and Lemuel's bows lost their spring. They had to rely on the Lord. They couldn't make fire. They had to rely on the Lord. Their wives or children in the wilderness in extreme trial, they had to rely on the Lord. And Nephi even says that. That, uh, you know, in verse two, he says of 17, so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children and were strong, yea, even like unto the, unto the men. And they began to bear their journeyings without murmurings. So they had to rely on the Lord. That was the lesson. That's the thing that they needed to learn. You know, I thought about other times that that's happened. Um, you know, it made me think of, of, of the American Revolution. You know, the, the, the American Revolution, when uh, the colonists fought against Britain, there is no logical way that they should have been able to beat the greatest army in the history of the world up to that point, the greatest navy in the history of the world up to that point. There's no way that those colonists should have won. And if you read the writings of, of George Washington and many of the other founders, they were constrained. They had no choice but to say that the Lord won the, the war for them. I mean, George Washington was unequivocally clear in saying, we were led by providence. We were led by God. It was God that won this war. You know, the same goes with us when we feel unprepared or unqualified for a calling. The Lord's basically saying, you need to know that it's by me that you're led. I can tell you when I was bishop, I, I, that's the way I felt when I got called. I'm like, there's no way I can do this. I have to have the Lord's help. I can't do this. I am not qualified. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's because the Lord wants us to know that it is by him that we are led. You know, I, I thought of uh, 2 Nephi 27, 20, where the Lord says, I am able to do mine own work. I think that's what the Lord wants us to know. Look, I, I got this. All you got to do is what I tell you to do. All you have to do is what I tell you to do. And if you will do that, I will do the rest. And it's because of me that you are going to be able to do this. You know, it's no wonder that in 2 Nephi 31, Nephi says that we need to rely wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. No wonder, because that's the lesson of Nephi's life. That is the thing that he was taught over and over and over and over again, that he needed to rely wholly upon the merits of Christ, who is mighty to save, of Jehovah, who's mighty to save. That was the main lesson of the wilderness. And here's the interesting thing. Laman and Lemuel lived that lesson. You know, they experienced exactly what Nephi talked about. Uh, no doubt the words that Nephi quotes of the Lord, they were told. 
either by Lehi or by Nephi, it doesn't say, or by the word of the, the voice of the Lord himself, but they were told, you know, these things happen because ye need to know that I that you are led by me. You need to know that I delivered you. You need to know that I'm leading you out of the wilderness. You need to know that I'm saving you from destruction in Jerusalem. They were taught that lesson. They lived that lesson. They experienced it. They saw it. They saw Nephi uh, be able to create a new bow and find food. They saw Nephi be able to get the plates because of being led by the Lord. They saw Ishmael's, Ishmael and his family's heart be softened so that they went with them. They saw all of these things, but they didn't learn the lesson, which is why in verse 21, they say, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions in the land of our inheritance. Yea, we might have been happy. And then they go on to say, we know that the people in Jerusalem aren't as bad as you say they are. But they missed the lesson. Yes, there was trials. Yes, there was tribulations. Yes, yes, all of those things were there. But they missed the lesson. The lesson was that they needed to rely on the Lord. They had the same experiences, but they missed the lesson. Rely upon the Lord. Rely wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. And then, so we get to, uh, you know, then Nephi starts talking about Moses and the children of Egypt, or children of Israel, uh, being delivered out of Egypt. And then in 34 through 38, he talks about how once they were delivered out of Egypt, they were given their own land. And he talks about how basically, look, they were given that land and they were able to chase out the other people because they were more righteous. You know, verse 34, he says, do you suppose that our fathers would have been more choice than they if they had been righteous? I say unto you, nay. Behold, the Lord esteemeth them, esteemeth all in one, flesh in one. He that is righteous is favored of God. But behold, this people had rejected every word of God and they were ripe in iniquity and the fullness of the wrath of God was upon them. And the Lord did curse the land against them and bless it unto our fathers. Yea, he did curse it against them unto their destruction. He did bless it unto our fathers unto their obtaining power over it. Behold, the, uh, he raiseth up a righteous nation and destroyeth the nations of the wicked. So he's telling them, look, this the reason that they were able to do the things that they were able to do is because they were righteous, because they were favored of the Lord, because the Lord fought their battles. And so as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, this must have been really poignant for Nephi. After everything he had been taught and everything he had seen in his vision, to be talking about um, about this example of, of the Israelites, and, and when they're righteous, they were blessed. And they were blessed over wicked nations because they were righteous. And he had to have been thinking about what he had been shown about what about him being a ruler over his brothers, and then also about um, what would happen to their seed or their descendants. And I mean, by there, I mean not just Laman and Lemuel's, but Laman and Lemuel's and Nephi's. The destruction that he saw because they chose not to be righteous, them being scattered by the Gentiles in the la- you know much later because they weren't righteous and the Gentiles were more righteous. How poignant must that have been for Nephi to be reminding them of this story and and thinking of the fact that, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen to my descendants. This is is what's coming for us as well. And then, so this was really cool. This is something, this is the final thing I'll share with you today. Actually, let me see if there's anything else I want to share. Oh, the other thing I want to share is uh, in verse 17, 
it says that you know when Laman and Lemuel saw that he was going to build a ship, they murmured against him and they said, "Our brother is a fool, for he thinketh that he can build a ship, yea, and he also thinketh that he can cross these great waters." And I can imagine that Nephi might have said this, but this is what I thought when I read that. Yeah, they're right. He is a fool if he thinks he can do it. There's no way that he could do it. He, he wasn't a shipbuilder. He didn't know anything about the water. There's no way that he could do it. But they missed the point again. Nephi probably looked at him and said, yeah, you're right. If I thought I, if I was going to do this on my own, I am. I'm crazy. There's no way. But it's not just me. It's the Lord and me. It's the Lord teaching me how to do it. And if the Lord teaches me how to do it, I can do it. And they missed that point. They missed that that was the reason. But here's the amazing realization I had as I was as I was reading through this and I was reading you know, Nephi recounting the story of Israel being brought into bondage, being delivered from bondage in Egypt, being led in the wilderness, being brought to a promised land, uh, becoming a mighty nation. And then now, as Nephi is saying, and Lehi said that they're going to be destroyed because they're turning wicked. That story is an it's a carbon copy of the storyline of the Book of Mormon. It is a carbon copy. It is a carbon copy of Lehi's family's destiny. And then you think about the fact that in the latter days, the house of Israel will be gathered and restored. And you think about the promises that Lehi gave to Laman and Lemuel's kids in 2 Nephi that we talked about in um, in episode 15. And that my wife's sixth great-grandfather talked about how the Lord will stop being angry with them and they will be blessed and restored. And the type and the symbolism in that. You know, Lehi and his family are delivered out of sure destruction in Jerusalem. They're led in the wilderness, just like the house of Israel was led in the wilderness. They were led for quite some time, you know, 40 years and eight years. They were brought to a promised land. Uh, Israel had to cross the river Jordan to enter the promised land. Nephi or Lehi and his family had to cross the, the ocean, the sea, to enter the promised land. When they received, when they were brought to that promised land, they prospered. They became a great nation. Nephi and his descendants became a great nation. And then they started becoming wicked. And because of that wickedness, Jerusalem fell. And because of that wickedness, the Lamanite, the Nephite nation was destroyed. And the Lamanite nation dwindled in unbelief. What an amazing parallel. The entire Book of Mormon is a type, a parallel of the destiny of the house of Israel as a whole. How amazing is that? I never thought of that before. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I wonder if Nephi saw that. I'll bet he did. But that was the big realization I had. That and the fact that uh, the Lord is able to do his own work. That he wanted to make sure that it was by them or that they knew that it, they were led by him. And that they were only led by him. That there's no way this could have happened. Any of it and everything that was going to happen. There's no way it could have happened without the Lord. That it wasn't their righteousness. It wasn't their uh, wisdom. It wasn't their intellect. It wasn't their skills. It wasn't their talents. It was because of the Lord. They were asked to do things 
that they could not have done on their own. They were asked to rely wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. That was the lesson that they were taught. And no wonder Nephi says that over and over again. No wonder in 2 Nephi 31, towards the end of the things that we have from Nephi speaking, that one of the very last things he says is, you have to rely, enduring to the end, and rely wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Because that was Nephi's life. That was the lesson that he learned, that he had to rely on the Lord. And if he didn't rely on the Lord, he would not make it. And what a great lesson for us. We have to rely on the Lord in everything. We have to trust him. We have to know that it is him that allows us to do what we do. It's nothing we do. And even when it is our talents or our skills, he gave us those talents and skills, and he allows us to use them. What an amazing lesson. What an amazing chapter. So many things that I learned. I never learned. I'd never noticed that that the Book of Mormon, and more specifically, Lehi and his family and their descendants, are a type of Egypt. And no wonder Nephi uses Moses so many times. He references him so many times. He references them being delivered out of Egypt so many times. Because he saw his family in that story. And he knew that it was an example and a type of his family. So you can get the links to everything we talked about today. We talked about several different scriptures, several different podcast episodes. Uh, but you can get the links to all of them at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-19, B-O-M-1-9. I'll link to all those scriptures, those podcast episodes, and you can dig into all of them. And I hope it's helpful for you. And we will talk to you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.